When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and the restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. For the third and final time this week, I say hello, good morning. Thanks for being with us here, Writer Than You. It is Andrew Bogish in for Bill Ryder. He's off the rest of this week. Back in his normal spot on Monday. It is a third straight day of me with you for these two hours on CBS Sports Radio, all of our great affiliates, on the free Odyssey app, on Sirius XM Channel 158. It's also a third consecutive day that Pretty Daddy is here, begrudgingly here, although he has at times been complimentary of me during these previous two shows, which is a little unnerving. I don't know what it means. I don't know why he's doing it, but I'm going to assume it's valid and very graciously and humbly accept Good toss, good tease. That was a good question from D-Cell. Means a lot to me. Phone lines are open for you at 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Your tweets at Andrew Bogish, at Pretty Daddy CBS. have to remind myself always that actually is his handle on the X. And I thought for a second that maybe he had lost a bet. And that's why it was changed from his name to his nickname. But no, he just did it. Because Bill told him to. That is our Sweet Tom. He has booked, Sweet Tom has, our good friend Nick Costos. Literally my good friend. I've known Nick since I was 19. He was 18. And now we are all grown up. He's married. I'm married. He's, I've got two kids. He's got one on the way. And he is as important and significant as anybody in the betting landscape, and he'll make his weekly appearance today, which we appreciate. Normally would be on Friday, but Bill's not here Friday. Not even me or D-Cell here on Friday, so Nick has squeezed us in to his Wednesday schedule. He's on to kick off hour number two, followed by buy or sell, followed by another Friday segment. We'll do bum of the week today. We are leaving nothing to the C team. If, if, if D-Cell and I are the B team, because Bill's not here then the C team of Jody McDonald and uh, and 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 Carl Dukes on Friday, produced by the one and only Carlos Ortiz, we're leaving them no scraps. I guess they could do what they want on Friday, but the official bum of the week comes here in hour number two. I got a little Thanksgiving dinner segment to close out this hour. We'll jump around to some different topics. Deion Sanders, not good at geography. In Athletic, The Athletic, with an anonymous poll among NFL players, best trash talker, best player, worst stadium, we'll tiptoe around that. And at some point this morning, I came across a tweet from a colleague, power ranking all of the holidays. And I was astonished by how low Thanksgiving was on this person's list. I told D-Cell he was also astonished, but maybe we are the outsiders on having a limited amount of affection for what is coming tomorrow, turkey, trimmings, and football. We begin, though, 
Oh, and by the way, we were right again. Uh, we were on a roll. Wisconsin, uh, Wisconsin, never mind. From the top, Washington's number four in the new CFP poll, which came out last night. They go in, FSU comes out, only based on resume, apparently. That's coming up. But we begin when not one but two legendary future Hall of Fame quarterbacks take shots at the sport in which they are Hall of Famers. We've got to listen. In particular, we listen to one more than the other. But both Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, because Brady said it first, and then Rodgers agreed and tacked a few things on in the last 48 hours or so, have talked about their disappointment, their frustrations with the game that they love, the game that made them household names. So there is no other place to begin this morning than deep thoughts from two deep thinkers. Sometimes I take us in the wrong direction with Mr. Rogers, but when he and Tom Brady speak about the game, we've got to listen. Now, we played a clip of Brady yesterday from this same Stephen A. Smith podcast, which I believe is our thing, right? It's under the Odyssey umbrella where Stephen's podcast lives. And yesterday it was Brady, the clip was Brady discussing exactly what the future might be for the Patriots. This is him now discussing his present frustrations with football, the things that he sees that are not good with the game right now. I think there's a lot of mediocrity in today's NFL. I don't see the excellence that I saw in the past. I think the coaching isn't as as good as it was. I don't think the development of young players is as good as it was. The rules have allowed a lot of bad habits to get into the actual performance of the game. Mm -hmm. So I just think the product, in my opinion, is less than what it's been. I think I look at a lot of players like Ray Lewis and Rodney Harrison and Ronnie Lott and guys that impacted the game in in a certain way, and every hit they would have made would have been a penalty. Mm. You hear coaches complaining about their own player being tackled and not necessarily, why don't they talk to their player about how to protect themselves? We used to work on the fundamentals of those things all the time. Now they're trying to be regulated all the time. Offensive players need to protect themselves. It's not up to a defensive player to protect offensive player. A defensive player needs to protect themselves. I didn't throw the ball to certain areas because I was afraid players were going to get knocked out. On a side note, as Brady was saying this, and I was listening to it yesterday, my first thought was not what's right or wrong about his take. It's that his bosses, whoever is in charge of his podcast, the one that he does with Jim Gray and Larry Fitzgerald, are probably going, hey, TB12, next time you want to have you know some extended commentary on the state of the game, could we do it on the show that you get paid for, that your name is on? It's nice to go on other things, but like, let's save the real newsworthy stuff for us. It, it makes me always think of our good friend, Tiki Barber, when at the time where he announced, was forced into announcing that he wasn't playing anymore, he was hosting a podcast with his brother, with Rondé, on Sirius And that news wasn't broken on that podcast. And I was working at Sirius. And I remember the brain trust being relatively furious that somebody else got that scoop. And I'm thinking the same thing yesterday about Brady. like, why wouldn't you say this to Jim Gray on Monday night? How come Stephen A. Smith got this? Now, there's a lot to unpack there from Brady. And I think I agree with 98% of the things he said. Obviously, then when Aaron Rodgers sits down on Pat McAfee's show, um, he's asked about Brady's comments and half takedown of the NFL. And here's Rodgers' take on all of that. As much as anything, I agree with the last thing that he said. And it's that the rule changes have created a lot of bad habits. And, you know, when I was a young player, too, the greatest fear you have as a quarterback is 
getting one of your guys hurt. You know, throwing the ball high over the middle, exposing the guy and him getting rocked and him leaving the game. That's just That was your biggest fear. So you were smart about certain plays and throws of just not making them. And I think people want to see football be a collision sport um, and not, you know, to where guys are getting mangled on the field, but they enjoy the big hits. And there's certain players who you just knew were big hitters and would push, you know, push the line of what's a cheap shot and and what's a legit hit. We left out the part where Rodgers blamed this partially on, like, you know, the wussification of America, which is such a lazy angle. Some minor parts of it are real, but when we're talking about hits, like Kareem Jackson got suspended again this week, and I, I guess his this appeal was denied, so he's going to serve the full four games this time. His previous one, like three days ago, went from four to two. He came back, and in the second game back, he once again made himself like a human torpedo and put the top of his head into Josh Dobbs' face mask. Like, we don't... That's not being overly whatever soft like those hits shouldn't exist Tom Brady played with a guy Brandon Merriweather who was who this is what he did he would put his arms at his side and launch himself head first into people the game doesn't need those plays it's okay that those plays are gone I also think it's kind of okay that receivers going over the middle can fear a little bit less about getting lit up by people and I'm sorry in general as we learn more things about what this game does to your body and your head in particular, we should be trying to play football as safely as possible. And as possible is the key thing here, right? There's, it's always going to be dangerous. There's always going to be nasty collisions and knockouts and broken legs that are gruesome, torn ACLs. Like Those things cannot be completely wiped from the game. It's okay to try and get most of those things that don't have to happen out of the game. But the NFL certainly has gone too far. And the two quarterbacks are 100% right in that the NFL has created a world where they're asking defenders to basically be live in the matrix. A movie reference, I saw it once, Diesel something at zero times. I think I'm getting it correct. But, you know, when we see wide receivers making diving catches and they're literally moving targets and a defensive back is coming in trying to tackle them, and as they're both moving, sometimes in the air, not touching the ground in any way, and they collide head-to-head, like that's an accident. It's not a penalty, and defensive players are 100% screwed in all these scenarios. And it's led to a spot where, who is Ed Reed? Like, who is Rodney Harrison? Who is Patrick Willis? Who are those guys now? In the NFL, like Derwin James was the only name I could think of quickly that has a physical, as a really a star player in theory, with whose calling card is physicality. I would say nine out of ten defensive stars in the NFL right now are defensive ends and cornerbacks. It's the Boses, it's Miles Garrett, it's Sauce Gardner. It's guys who are athletic, the guys that make fast plays, quick plays, and they still deliver big hits to quarterbacks. But I don't know where the mean players are anymore. Like, who's the nasty middle linebacker that's coming downhill, blowing up a running back in a hole? I know there are guys out there, Fred Warner, there, but, like, like, but I understand, to Brady's point of, I played with, you know, against Ed Reed, and there's great, 
I'm sure most of you have ever seen this. There's there's great NFL films footage of Brady talking to Ed Reed on the field, talking about Ed Reed in meetings, before games, before some of those great Patriot-Ravens games. I think, not to speak for Brady, but Ed Reed probably had the most respect from Brady of any defensive opponent. Like, he just, that was his guy to figure out and solve and avoid and not lose to. I don't know where those players are. Maybe I'm missing those guys now, but there certainly isn't a player that even is in the, in my mind, the same neighborhood as Ed Reed and Rodney Harrison and I, to, you know, to Ray, Ray Lewis in a different position. But what I don't know is why those guys aren't there now. And I also don't remember Ed Reed and Rodney Harrison living outside the rules. Like they had big hits, but I don't remember going, that's a dirty play or that guy should be suspended. I'm sure they got in trouble at times. I'm not saying that they were saints, but they're not Kareem Jackson and they're not Brandon Merriweather. They're not guys that collected penalties and ejections and suspensions. They're not, you know, we don't need Vontez Perfect wandering on football fields anymore. Like, I'm glad that we don't have players like that. The nastiness certainly is gone. And to, and the good nasty, it, it, it doesn't exist on the same level. So I get all of that. But what keeps coming to my mind, though, too, is that none of this matters. Right, All of these critiques are valid, and we spent a lot of time on this show talking about that, talking about how, in general, the game is over-penalized. There's just flag after flag after flag, and what's a catch and what's not a catch, and every rule, what's a football move? Every rule has three different variations and two different addendums, and, oh, you know, it's, he's outside the pocket, but the pass didn't get back to the line of scrimmage, so that's intentional grounding. Oh, that running back was kind of in the area, so that's good enough. That's just an incomplete pass. Is that a fumble? Did he recover it? The NFL has overregulated itself. There's no doubt about that. And there's probably too many teams as is, and you know they want to have more, which is going to mean more crappy players, more useless quarterbacks in this league, making the product less and less and less beautiful, and scoring continues to go down. This is the fourth straight year of a decline in points per game. I think we're going to set, Disa, what's the year again that we're going to set the fewest points per game since when, like 2009? That's something, I mean, it's been a decade-ish since we've scored this few points. But we're also coming off a Sunday where once again, from 3 to 4.30 Eastern time, it was mayhem. And two weekends ago, we had, what, five games decided literally with zeros on the clock? So they still find a way to win when the games start, and they still find a way to never actually make you guys stop watching. I love baseball. I love hockey. 85% of my baseball and hockey conversations are defending the sport or having a conversation about what they are doing correct or not. Even yesterday, the NHL didn't play yesterday. There were no NHL games on a Tuesday in November. There, I guess, theoretically, there was a reason based on the Thanksgiving holiday and all the American teams want to be home right now because we're all off this week. So to avoid teams playing like three times in four days or four times in five, they just didn't have games last night. But how do you not have games? How do you not play? How do you not find Vancouver and Calgary up in, in, a, in a country that's not Thanksgiving week? Like, just let them have a play a game yesterday. Like, 
that's where the NHL and MLB live, where all this criticism actually makes you not pay attention to them and makes you not go to games, makes you not watch them. They live in the distant. Nothing matters to the NFL. Nothing. The only thing that's come close to making people stop watching is when you were afraid you were going to see a player kneeling for three seconds during the anthem before a game. Nobody cared when teams gleefully employed criminals, happily signed guys coming back from domestic violence suspensions or police issues, whatever. And now at times the game sucks. There are games that just suck. And even like maybe I'm in the minority. I don't need a game tomorrow night. Give me 12, give me Cowboys, give me Lions, and I'm good. That's perfect. I'm exhausted by the end of the, between eating and whatever. Like I don't, I'm not going to stay up to see the second half of Niners Seahawks. I kind of would want to, but I'd I'd be okay if there was no game tomorrow night. I'd be okay if there was no game Friday. I don't need Dolphins Jets Sunday Monday, and I don't even need Thursday night football for all of the issues it has in that kind of you know in that, in that area of giving guys no time to recover. The NFL is far from perfect. And two of the biggest names the game has ever seen went on TV slash radio in the last 48 hours and told you, gave you a laundry list of things about the game that suck. And the NFL seems to be in no rush to address any of them. In fact, in certain areas like penalties and whatnot, it seems like they're okay with all of these things and would want to go even farther if they could. Because don't forget on the horizon is is kickoffs. Like, something is going to change soon about kickoffs because that's the next kind of frontier in safety. Whether it's the weird hybrid thing that the spring leagues do or just starting your own 25, like, we're going in that direction. At least baseball and hockey acknowledge some of their shortcomings and try to fix them, baseball in particular. But the NFL doesn't care about the officiating. They don't care about the talent being spread too thin. They don't care about the amount of crappy quarterbacks in particular that have to play because of injuries and just the need for jobs. There are certain things the league can't fix. And Brady's point about college programs and teaching less and guys being far less finished products when they come out of the game like that, the NFL can have a conversation or two, but they can't actually legislate things to, to address that. But all of these things that Brady in particular laid out, they're not going away. But I guess why would they need to? Because the audience isn't going away. Chiefs-Eagles was the most watched one that game in 27 years. And that game had a you-know-what ton of flags. And had some bad offense and some confusing plays. But we all watched, and I'm going to be watching tomorrow, and then on Friday, and then on Sunday. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. On the other side of this break, we'll get into the new CFP rankings. The committee finally did what it should have done, in my mind, weeks ago. But do we actually believe their reasoning for doing it yesterday? And then, two, as we move Washington up, should they have gone, the Huskies, that is, even farther than number four? Should they be number three or number two this week? That's next, right of the news, CBS Sports Radio. Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up. 
Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. Now let's go win the sick playoffs. Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. He's Bill Ryder, and he's always right. Also had the universe push back on a rule that I have. So we got to talk about that a little bit. That was that was a crazy thing. Tom is already rubbing his temple. It's Ryder Than You on CBS Sports Radio. Welcome back to the show on this Wednesday morning, pre-Thanksgiving edition of Ryder Than You. Andrew Bogushin for Bill Ryder again. I've got to say I'm very thankful for, I've gotten two small gifts that show... From coworkers this morning that show our deep connection. One is from D Cell and one is from the legendary Billy Jacques alone. Billy, who loves the Nets more than I do, the Nets, the Brooklyn Nets, knows that I love NBA team shorts. I'm too old to wear a jersey, so I, I can't throw on a Nets jersey, but I can wear official Nets shorts as part of my fandom, and there's a huge I already bought mine, so I don't care telling you guys you, you can't beat me to them. There's a huge sale on Nets shorts on the NBA store, and Billy alerted me, and I've already purchased them. So Billy's an influencer, and he thought of me, saw them on sale, and goes, I got to tell Bogish. That's friendship. And then Diesel on the break alerted me to a, t- a tweet from one of our coworkers who is a remarkable tweeter. And I said, what is it? He goes, go find it yourself. Go see for yourself. And I'm very thankful he let me just see it on my own. He didn't tell me, didn't no no tease, no nothing, and it is as re- it's more remarkable than it could have I could have ever imagined. So I thank Diesel and I thank Billy for that. Uh, I thank you for your phone calls at eight five five two one two four CBS eight five five two one two four two two seven. First up on those phone lines this morning is Ducky in St. Louis. If I know how to work this, Ducky, what's going on, man? Bogus, it's nice to finally talk to you and to finally actually talk to uh, Tom for a change instead of tweeting. <laughs> Same here, uh, man. Thanks for calling. Yeah, I was so I was listening to your opening monologue, and you're right about football and uh, like how the NFL knows they have a monopoly. They don't have to change anything as far as like improving the product because we're all going to watch anyway. But hockey is actually trying to improve the sport as well as baseball as much as I can't stand Rob Manfred. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. I, I, I give them credit. In baseball in particular, they know that the game at times sucks. And I don't know what the NFL comparison would be, but Roger Goodell is not coming up with his own pitch clock idea for the NFL. Even if, if he even hears your complaints, and I'm not sure that he does, 
they're not leading the conversation about making changes or scaling back things or let's figure out what, what let's actually streamline what roughing the passer is. It's not knocking a guy gently and he falls over and throwing a flag. We shouldn't call that. I mean, I was actually surprised Monday night how many times I can't remember his name. I only know Gene Steratore's name. Whoever is in the booth with ESPN on Monday night game, at least twice, if not three times, he as as politically as he could said that was the wrong call. One was roughing the passer. One was on, I think in the fourth quarter, when an Eagles player jumped, and then the Chiefs' right tackle jumped back. and But they called a false start on the center. And he's like, John Parry? And he's like, I don't, I don't see that. Like, and that was his, that's the best he can do of that's the wrong call. I was surprised how many times he just straight disagreed with them. And the NFL just goes, eh, whatever. How about we throw more flags? You guys, you guys want more? That's what we'll do next. I mean, it's just, they, there's no impetus for them to make a change. So they're not going to. And the game's going to continue to suffer. But we're going to keep watching. Uh, very quickly, the CFP last night. I, I'm kind of surprised. Now, I thought Washington... If they had asked me, Washington would have been in my top four before last night. But now they're in the top four. Florida State goes to number five. And because the committee didn't already have Washington in the top four, they've created this scenario where it seems like they're kind of pre-penalizing Florida State for no Jordan Travis, which they have historically not done, but they are allowed to do. It is in their whatever, their charter it says they're supposed to can they can consider what a team will be without a key person like the quarterback. They don't have to consider it. It doesn't have to be an automatic deduction, so to speak. But it, they are allowed to kind of project that this is going to hurt them. And I I didn't think they were going to make the switch. Now I thought they would just let the Pac-12 title game play out and whatnot, and then maybe have a more natural way to get the Huskies or the Ducks, I guess past Florida State, but they switched them yesterday and they switched them for reasons that already existed. Like Florida State was playing North Alabama this weekend. So even if Jordan Travis stays healthy and they still win 58-13, that changes nothing for Florida State. Washington goes, wins another close game at Oregon State. It's another top 25 ranked win for them. But they already had three at that moment. They've since lost one because Utah dropped out of the rankings. So they're back to three, which is still more than Florida. Like they already had those wins before Saturday. And only now was it good enough in the committee's mind to make them number four as opposed to number five. The bad news for Florida State is they play Florida this weekend. Rivalry game, obviously. But the Gators are down. Graham Mertz, their starting QB. Rodemaker's going to play. He did all the scoring on Saturday. He was probably going to be their starter next year with Jordan Travis finally being done. So, I mean, he's a legit player, but he's not Jordan Travis. And then, you know, they have the ACC championship game, and Louisville keeps winning and keeps moving up, and then some of Louisville's wins have looked better now in retrospect because the teams they've beaten have either gotten into the rankings or moved up in the rankings. So beating Louisville with your backup quarterback is going to help, but... Will there still be a path for them to jump back in behind Georgia, the Big Ten winner, Washington, maybe Oregon? So I I don't know what the, the positive spin for Florida State is last night. 
but I already thought they should have been out of the top four. So I'm not losing sleep over that. What I did spend some time on last night, because Joey Galloway brought it up on the broadcast on ESPN, and then I got a tweet about it or two, is why isn't Washington ahead of Michigan? Because the knock on Michigan is who, who the heck have they played? Like, how are we supposed to gauge them based on their lack of strength of schedule? And it's a very valid point. And, you know, my concern had been just getting Washington into the four. But at face value, there is an, a real argument to get them past the Wolverines to number three. But some of the fancier numbers either keep Michigan alongside Washington or actually favor the Wolverines take what, you know, all of these with a grain of salt, but strength of record, meaning the context of your 10 and 0, 11 and 0, 9 and 1, whatever. Washington's number one, which to me would be the first thing to go, hey, they should be ahead of Michigan. But Michigan's number three in their strength of record somehow, despite lacking really marquee competition. So that's basically, you're splitting hairs at that point. Whatever the football power index is, has Michigan at number two, Washington at 13. And then an efficiency, which is a little more math and a little a little you know closer to science. Michigan's number one overall in the country in efficiency. Number three in offensive efficiency. And number one in defensive efficiency. And Washington's eight overall, fifth on offense, 29 on defense. I think Washington's better. I think Washington would beat Michigan. But as Josh Pate told us yesterday, it can't just simply be about that. It's got to be about merit. It's got to be about resume. And there are numbers that make Michigan look a little sturdier than I thought going into this conversation last night. So I think for now we're okay. And with the caveat being Michigan probably falls out of the top four if they lose this weekend to Ohio State. And then the the presumed Oregon-Washington Pac-12 rematch in the title game will solve the is Oregon better than Washington debate, which is a conversation I got in last night as well, because some of those same numbers I just read to you, Oregon's are better than Michigan and Washington's. And the Ducks have just beaten up everybody where Washington has barely survived their last handful of games. But they're so close resume-wise, Washington's head-to-head win has to be the tiebreaker. So I've got no problem where Washington is at four. I guess they could be three, but four is the place for them to go now and then stay there by taking care of business. You beat Oregon again, and obviously there's no more conversation about Ducks over Huskies. Uh, There is more college football in just a second. Far from the field, though, Deion Sanders, an absolute gem yesterday, uh, plus some deep thoughts from anonymous NFL players Less uh, less impactful than the Brady Rogers comments. More like whose grass is cooler and which guy talks the best trash. We'll do that after a CBS Sports Radio update. Here's Pete McCarthy. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. 
Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. Did you ever get an answer on that, D-Cell? Uh, yes, I asked all my lawyer friends. Right. I hang out in those crowds. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, it is binding. It is still binding. If you put pen to paper, it's binding. Really? Yep. I would think not signing your name, your actual name, would be the sneaky way to get out of something like that. Nope. It is absolutely, as long as somebody witness you do it, yeah. then it's binding. Whether you write Bill Ryder or Bozo the Clown. That's correct. Interesting. Now, my signature is Scribble. Except for there's clearly an A and there's clearly a B. So you know it's maybe my name. But I would, again, I would have thought if I signed Tom D. Celestino, I'd go, I'm not, that's not me. If I watched you do it, if I watched you put pen to paper, you're on the hook. And those notaries, they love themselves with their little stamp and give me your your ID, your license. Very important. Yeah. One guy asked me like for $3. I'm like, really? Now you can't even round up to five for this? Anyway, uh, the football part of Colorado doesn't matter anymore. So it's just now Dion being Dion. We did have him say this week that Colorado's not an ATM. He's not going to buy players, which is not true. Uh, but then there's this. He is talking about his team, trying to explain how he felt about the team ending up at four and seven saying he has sky-high expectations similar to... <laughs> I can't even... Here's Dion not knowing where anything is in America. As you said, you didn't live up to your expectations. Yeah, yeah my expectations are out of the darn park. You got to understand, man. I mean, come on, man. Yeah. What's, the, what's those little foreheads that's in California? What do they call those? The people faces in, engraved? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, man. I set up there. It's in where? South Dakota. I thought it was in L.A. all this time. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, my geography. That's the Hollywood thing? That's what I thought. I'm sorry. Thank you for educating me. (laughs) Jesus, South Dakota. (laughs) Thank God he's coaching football and not teaching geography. Now, Diesel, if I asked you where Mount Rushmore is before this, 
would you have gotten at least a Dakota? I would have nailed it. Really? I would have nailed it. And after we talked about that we were going to bring this up on the show today, I don't know if you're going to think less of me or think more of me. It depends where your opinion of me is right now, which I think it's pretty low. It's it's higher than it should be, actually. I would have got three of the four presidents on Mount Rushmore. So, okay. I that, would have missed one. And I was upset about the one that I missed. That was my follow-up question. Now, it's location. We both knew it was in Southern California. I would. I knew it's a Dakota. I don't know which Dakota. I also don't know what city it's in in South Dakota. That I don't know either. And I, too... Washington, Lincoln, those are the easy ones, right? I think there's Thomas Jefferson. And then I got nothing. That you're we're missing the same one. Ben Frank no, but Ben Frank wasn't a president. And Ooh. Roosevelt is too mm. It's so it's it's young enough to include FDR? Teddy. Teddy oh, Roosevelt. Teddy Roosevelt. All right. Three and a half. I feel great about myself now. Me and you. Yeah. I think Teddy would need to understand that he's the one that everybody forgets. It's like the Fab Five. You can get Juwan Howard. You can get Chris Webber. You can get Jalen Rose. The true guys know Jimmy King and Ray Jackson. The true historians, the, the true educated people would have gotten all four. But we got the three obvious ones. And then Teddy brings up the rear. And if we remember him, we remember him. Now, do you want to go to this? Do you want to see this in person? It's a really good question because my wife has already gone. I have never been. Okay. My wife has seen it already. I think if we both hadn't seen it, then yes, we would go. But my wife said there's no reason to go again. Right. So I doubt that I'm ever going. And my guess would be you have to go for this. It's not like, oh, I was in Chicago for a weekend and we drove 90 minutes to see Mount Rushmore. I, my guess is the trip is from Mount Rushmore. There is nothing, there's no big metropolis in my very novice, off the top of my head geography right now, that you'd be in a bigger city and go, hey, while we have a day, let's take a quick trip to, to Mount Rushmore. Nearest city is Keystone, South Dakota. I mean, that's, with all due respect, is that a city? Uh, that, I, I, I did a Google search. Right. Nearest city, Keystone. I also would have to ask your wife or anyone else that's been there exactly how big the heads are. I think it's bigger than we expect. Which I think is part is then the draw. Now, I have been to Paris. I did go to the Louvre. I did see the Mona Lisa. And the Mona Lisa is surprisingly small. It's not a postage stamp, but... I think we're used to paintings being, like, the biggest thing on the wall, and it's small. It's closer to, like, an 8 by 10 picture than it is, like, it's closer to a graduation size picture, like, in a frame on your desk, than it is to, like, a big painting on the wall. If I got all the way to fill in the blank South Dakota, and these weren't enormous, I think I might be disappointed. But if they are enormous, that does raise my desire to go there, but it's still way down the list. Like, Grand Canyon, gotta see it. Alamo, want to see that. I've never been to Vegas still in all my years on this planet. That makes two of us. I got to go to Vegas, right? Uh, I've been to San Francisco. I've seen the Golden Gate Bridge. I'm trying to think of other things. It was in Chicago. You were in Chicago. A couple months ago. The great uh, 
Is that Lake Superior that's right there? Whatever great lake is there. Like those, that's insane to me that that's not the ocean. Like Lake that, Michigan. Like Michigan, right. Like I want to, those things were on the list to see. I don't, it takes me a long, it's going to take me a long time to get to Mount Rushmore. Even if it was an, an easier place to get to, I don't know that I'd want to see it. It probably holds true for me because it's in South Dakota. Right. Which, I mean, I know I'm not making friends right now by saying that, but yeah, I'm probably not getting there. So it's okay that Dion maybe doesn't know who's on it, but he knows it exists, but he's got to know it's not in California. He's also got to know. I mean, he referenced that their faces. Yeah. He's got to know that they're former presidents. If you want to go 0 for 4, like, I guess I can wrap my head around that, but you got to know that they're former presidents. And he, you, you don't think he knew that? I mean, in the in the clip we played twice, he referenced them as faces. I thought he somewhere in there he said presidents. Maybe you're right. But he thought, but there's also a lot of voices talking with him there. So I'm not, I thought I thought I heard presidents in there somewhere. And then the uh, that's in South Dakota, Dion. Like, was he thinking of the Hollywood sign? Somebody brought that up, but I mean, those are letters. There's no faces. No, those are just letters. Yeah, that one I don't. That one I don't get. And you don't like. There's nothing else that you would have dri- driven by accidentally in Southern California and thought it was Mount Rushmore. Unless underneath the Hollywood sign, they've like shaved Steven Spielberg and like Martin <laughs> Scorsese's head into a, into a hill somewhere. I still love him, though. Deion's still my favorite college football head coach. Yeah, I, um, I prefer this Deion, goofy. And I'm, by the way, good job by not like laughing at himself. Wasn't in, like they kept having fun. Like, I'm an idiot. Good, good on that. But uh, I'm happy for the Dion break. I need a Dion break. I'm glad that there's not a Colorado bowl game going on somewhere that this Dion love is going to continue. It can come or, come eventually, but it was too soon and too fast for me to begin with. So I'll take the little the little respite. The respite respite is a word. Yeah, look at Disa. Thanks, man. Highly educated over here. All right, last thing I'm going to give to you this hour, and I mentioned this top of the show. Uh, Peter Burns is an ESPN radio college football show host. He's on TV as well. I saw this tweet from him this morning. His holiday power rankings. Number one, Christmas. Number two, July 4th. Number three, New Year's Day. Number four, Labor Day as the unofficial kickoff to football season. Five, Father's Day. Six, Halloween. Seven, Memorial Day. Eight, Thanksgiving. I want to say eight's too low, but other than like I, I get the 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 allure of Labor Day, but and I could probably bump Father's Day down just because it's just really it is just a Sunday. But maybe Thanksgiving only is like to number six. Then he's overrating, and I know why he's doing. It. He's looking at it through a football lens. Right. New Year's Day is way overrated. I mean, New Year's Eve is the day to go with. Right. So I'll leave that there. And really, New Year's Eve, it's only like the last like four hours that anybody cares so about. So 8 p.m. to midnight or like 9 to 1 I mean, is your sweet spot? I mean, on New Year's Eve? Yeah, hopefully not watching a CFP semifinal. Right. Like, it, uh, that's overrated. I'm a big Halloween guy. Not, really? I didn't expect that out of you. Well, not from the candy costume angle, but... As an adult, that the thing now is to pull a wagon with a stereo and beers and snacks for the adults. Like, 
the, the Halloween in my neighborhood is my favorite day in my neighborhood. Everyone's out. Everyone's partying. This year, we ended up at a house party on a Tuesday night Halloween. That you didn't plan on going to? Nope. Wow, look at you. Yeah, yeah. My son was invited. He's nine. And Harper said, come to her house later. We're like, ah, I don't really know. I, you know, Harper can't invite us to her house. But then Harper's parents did, and there was a DJ with a smoke machine, a full bar, lots of food. Parents were dancing on 90s, like, rap and R&B music. There was a lot going on, D-Sale. Halloween might be my number three. It's funny you say that because I've always felt, at least in my area, that Halloween is not, you know, kids don't participate as much as when I was a kid participating, you know, 25 years ago. No, Franklin Square, New York, Halloween is hopping. If you need to, if your place is, well, you're not going to leave New Jersey. But ever. Yeah, right. I was going to say, if your neighborhood is that boring, come to ours. But, I mean, you would just never, ever do that. So, I mean, I would have to take a flight. Right. Well, I mean, you could you could fly from Newark to JFK. JFK yeah. is near my house. That would be the easiest way. <laughs> I mean, distance-wise, it's not that bad. But we live about four hours from each other. It, there's nothing easy about moving no. around here. I saw, a, this is very New York, but this is what we deal with. It was a college basketball game last night. Long Island University, coming from Long Island, played at Columbia, the upper west side of Manhattan. They left their campus at 4 p.m., and they got to Columbia at 7.10. Three hours and 10 minutes in a bus Yikes. to go what probably was like, I don't know, 25 to 35 actual miles. We're idiots. We are idiots for living in a place like this. Speak for yourself. It, now, it does provide you a very easy out on being antisocial, not visiting me. Oh, yeah. Not hanging out with Bill. So yeah. you like it. And I like New York City usually, but that, we got to figure something out. Flying cars, extra roads, transporting me like, you know, beam me up, Scotty. We need to do something to fix some of those problems. Uh, Nick Costos, another lovely New Yorker. He's with us, hour number two, writer than you, CBS Sports Radio. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring! 
spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.